Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Organic Gardeners. Doug and Jess just moments away. I want to remind you, we're going to take the 10th caller right off the bat to begin the program. And that person at 412-922-1020 wins a $25 gift certificate from the great folks at Sorgles out in Wexford. 866-391-1020, the number to reach Doug and Jess. Going to get busy because folks are thinking warm. Punxsutawney Phil said spring is coming, so the plans are already ramping up for your garden. And what you need to know is this program will help you with all of your needs. 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access, kdkradio.com. And you can text us on the Red Island Motive Line, the best deal in town. Here they are. From the Tribune Review, and of course, everybodygardens.com, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. We get to this point of the year, and I want spring. No matter, it's been an I think easy, most of us do. It's been an easy winter, but oh, boy, it was cold this morning. And it really wasn't that cold, but it was just, it seemed cold. <laughs> it's cold. It's cold. It's cold in the studio is that today. Confirmation? It's cold in the car. Confirmation it is. You're cold. not crazy. That's okay. the, it's very cold outside. I, I want to be frolicking in the garden. I want to be enjoying the warmth. I want to be. Uh, I want spring to come. <laughs> I I hear you on all of that, but it's almost seed starting time. And for me, when seed starting time arrives, that's the sign that spring has officially, you know, was right around the corner. It's actually. 30 days from when I will plant my peas outside. There you go. So right? A month oh, away. Oh, that's but, right. It is the 17th today, isn't it? So it's a month away, but yeah. still, it just drags. It gets to this time of the year for me anyway. I'm trying to think, what am I going to write about? What am I going to do a video on? What am I going to talk about until we can really get started? Well, for me, getting started is seed starting for sure. And one of the things that I like to do this time of year Um, or over the next couple of weeks is potting soil, which sounds a little ridiculous. But if you're looking for a great way to save money in seed starting and save money in container gardening this summer, making your own potting soil is a great way to do that. When you buy a bagged commercial mix of potting soil, it can get pricey, especially if you're like me and you have a lot of big containers to fill. So I make my own. I have recipes that I use, and I actually just posted them all online in an article um, on my website, Savvy Gardening, SavvyGardening.com. The top article is DIY potting soil and how to make your own. There's a special blend. How much blend. do you make? Well, f- it depends. Like s- for seed starting, I'll just do a little, um, like one of those 40-gallon tubs, you know, those plastic tubs that you buy. And I'll do that about halfway full um, for seed starting because I don't need as much. But then for when I get to do my containers outside, I'll do our big tractor cart and I'll mix it up in there. And I buy all the ingredients separate, including the fertilizer ingredients. So I will buy separate like alfalfa meal, cottonseed meal, green sand, sulfate of potash, and I'll mix my own organic fertilizer in there. 
Um, and it's a it's so cost efficient, and you can save it from year to stuff? year at the garden center. The garden big buy big big giant bag of perlite and a lot of a bale of peat moss and a lot of times that one bale of peat moss because it's compressed it'll last me two or three years and i'll just you know mix batches up from that so it's a great cost saving so what's in it the fertilizers the organic fertilizers mm-hmm. the perlite mm-hmm. well it depends what else did you say it depends on what your what you're using that blend for so for example for me for seed starting i don't use perlite i use vermiculite instead so it's a peat moss base. If you don't like peat moss, you can use core fiber. And then a lot of my mixes that I do for outdoor plants, I also include compost. But I don't do that for the seed starting ones because of it, it's pretty heavy for that. So it's all different ratios that you mix. And then if you're growing cacti and succulents, then you want to have coarse sand in there to make it a little more well-draining. If you're growing trees or perennials, then you add like a composted um wood chips in there so the all of those ratios i have on that um, article on savvy gardening i have six different recipes for six different needs and the different ratios that you mix them in give you something to do something to do exactly and it saves you money and even if you just start with the seed starting stuff to see if you like it make sure that you know you can get a real good consistent blend i mean this is how when i started working in a nursery when i was 15 this is how the nursery owners made their potting soil they did not buy bagged mixes they actually had a he had a big cement mixer like an electric cement mixer and he would literally shovel in shovels full of different ratios of ingredients according to what we were potting up. Then he'd spin it in the cement mixer and then dump it into this big bin that, that we would then fill the flax with. I think it'd with. be especially good, like you said, when you have so many containers. Yes. You know, because that's when it, to me, it gets really pricey. Super pricey. And I do like 50, and my some of my containers are really big. Uh, every year, and you I would the just whole thing out from your container, or half of it, or I empty it all. Oh. The only th- at the end of every season, I empty all my containers. The only things I don't empty are like the things that I overwinter in their pots. Like I have a banana tree, my fig plants, I have a rubber tree plant. So I have some things that just stay in that pot, and then every couple of years, I just pot them up into a bigger size pot with new potting soil. So eventually, can't be moved. Exactly, and then I and then I have to either prune it back super hard. And even root prune it or give it away or, or get a new one. Or in quote marks, forget about forget it. Forget it. It gets Accident- too cold and we start again. Accidentally leave it outside, right? I've done that as with my hibiscus tree. You know I did that one year. The other thing we can think about too is is the summer flowering bulbs, the ones that you plant in the spring, the dahlias and glads. Well, anymore, glads are <laughs> perennial. But, uh, yeah, all those spring flowering bulbs. I, I just I love dahlias. You know, this is the time to look at the dahlia catalog see what you want to do you know big giant beautiful yeah and a lot of the great bulb catalogs like brent and becky's which is one of our i know it's one of my favorites i think it's one of yours too they have their you know their catalog that sells all the tulips and daffodils and things in the fall but then they also have a separate catalog that's all summer blooming blooming bulbs so it's like your lilies and um you know your dahlias and things like that and they even sell i think like cannas and caladiums and those uh tuberous begonias and things like that um, and it is really kind of a, a, a another 
fun way to enjoy a catalog but isn't seed related. So if you can place your order for those now, then you know that they're not going to sell out of those varieties. And then they ship them to you at the correct planting time for our gardening zone. So you're not going to end up with a giant box of bulbs at the end of February or early March. They won't send them until you, to you until early you know, yeah, early time, May, time to plant. mid-May, and then you can go out and plant them in the garden. That's how I love to get my lilies. And I love lilies. Mm-hmm. That's how uh, Brent from Brent and Becky says you should do it. He says he, he likes to plant his lilies in the spring, mm-hmm. get them going. What's your favorite lily? Which ones do you like best? Uh, you know, anything that smells. I really, even though it's, I guess, now common, but stargazer, sure, you can't go wrong yeah. with stargazer. It's just got this beautiful kind of uh, purplish mottled flower that just it puts on a ton of flowers. It comes back year after year, and it smells amazing. But, I mean, I'm growing... Tons of like old heirlooms now in the vegetable garden mm. uh, because the deer are after them. The deer have gotten even worse for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm cutting out edges of beds for lilies and now my hydrangeas are in the vegetable garden. <laughs> I think that means you need to fence your whole yard in actually. If, you're... if I could <laughs> afford to do it, I would. I'd do it with razor wire. Oh, <laughs> Happy Sunday morning. <laughs> Get the deer, keep the deer out and the, and the neighbors. No. Uh... <laughs> All right, seven. You don't even know where to go with that. No, you? it's like no. what the, what's the transition here? There no, is then. I'm used to romper room, and this ain't romper room. <laughs> All right, listen. Eight six six three nine one ten twenty dollar bank instant access. KDKRadio.com. You can text us on the Red Automotive Line. Best deal in town. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Ah, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Organic Gardeners. Congratulations again to Judy of Pittsburgh. We've got another gift certificate coming up in just a couple of moments from Janoski's in Clinton. And Doug's going to be at Sorgles. That's right. I'm going to be at Sorgles this Thursday, 7 p.m. It's $5, but you get a coupon for that amount to use at Sorgles. Tips and tricks for getting your seeds started. And as you can imagine, I can't wait to get my seeds started. Just go to Sorgles.com or call 724 724- Nine three five two zero nine zero to register. That's seven two four nine three five two zero nine zero. I'll be at Sorgos Thursday, seven p.m. You ready to talk to the folks? Let's do it. All right, let's go to Jim and Coriopolis. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning. I very much enjoy listening to your show every Sunday morning. I'm no longer in Coriopolis. I'm in Cranberry now on the road. All right. I well, have a question you. about it. I have a question about an oak tree. Now, I don't know one oak from another, but when we had that ice storm at Thanksgiving, it had a lot of ice on it. And now I've noticed way, way up in the tree, a lot of branches are broken and hanging. I don't want to lose the tree. Can you tell me when is the premium time to have it pruned? Right now. has to be dormant. Right now. Yep. 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 And do I say, if I can't have a tree man, I would say right now, what is the time frame or is it like temperature? It's really that it's during the dormant season. And this is particularly important with oaks because of oak wilt. Um, the beetle that transmits oak wilt is active you know, when the tree is out of dormancy. So you really need to make sure that you only do any pruning on oak during the winter months. However, that, that being said, whatever tree care company you use, you, you don't just hire a dude with his name slapped on the side of the, the truck because 
you know, oak wilt can also be transmitted by equipment. Um, if they're climbing up in there and they're using spikes, if they don't have that equipment sterilized and cleaned, they can transmit the pathogen that way as well. So, you know, that's why you need to go with an, an ISA certified arborist, which is International Society of Arboriculture, ISA certified arborist, because they're going to know the proper way to do that pruning in a safe way that doesn't, you know, um, uh, promote the transmission of that disease. And that's really important with oaks because we're losing a lot of oaks to oak wilt. Okay, and I uh, hear you promote Davy Tree Service. Mm -hmm. they, uh, they would qualify as that? Absolutely, and they actually, um, you can have them come out and they'll come out and assess the tree for free and let you know, you know what's involved in getting those branches out of there. Um, and they would definitely be the best people to come out and have a look at that. Well, all right then. Thank you very much. Okay. I'll give them Thank a call. You. Thank you. Uh, all right. Up next, it's Lucille in Sharpsburg. Hey, Lucille. Good morning. Lou, I know. I'm going to say what I want. Either you talk or okay, I talk. Okay. We're here. We're here. You're on air. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. This is uh, Lucille DeLuca from Sharpsburg. Hi, Lucille. What's on your mind this morning? Um, we had a we have a, a blue spruce pine tree. And um, we have the landlord next door. Um, my husband was concerned because the bran the branches were uh, the needles were going into the the uh, gutters and things like that. And he's getting older to be able to get up on the pass and and cut the the branches. Well, the fellow said he'd get someone to come. Well, they came and he sheared the a partial part of the tree back to the trunk. Mm. And now we're afraid that the tree is going to, and he left the top of the tree, so we're afraid that the tree might fall over. Hmm. Well. So do we need to have the top of the tree top <clears throat> now? No. No, that's the worst no. thing you could ever do to a tree. So we're, we're like, like, we're not sure. I mean, we expected them to trim the tree, not take it back to the that side near the house to take it back to the trunk. Right. So it well, looks like, like there's a bite out. Of, there's like a bite out of the tree. Right. I mean, and, I don't think that that necessarily is going to make the tree so lops, you know, so lopsided weight-wise that it's going to cause the tree to to collapse and fall over. Um, I would be hesitant. You said it's a blue spruce. Yes. Okay. So I, mean, I would be hesitant to do any pruning at all on it beyond what you absolutely have to do. Um, there's canker that's easily spread by pruning equipment with that again depending on who they had come as we were talking to the last caller about um, yeah we never even saw who you know we right. never even saw who came right so they never knocked on the door hopefully or hopefully they had good clean equipment that they oh, were using I'm hoping. um the the only thing i could think of that you could do is have an isa certified arborist come out and and thin out the opposite side of the tree you know tr or at trim least back. look at it and right. decide what you know what could be done if anything they may say you know what this is a yeah, structurally okay. sound tree yeah it's not going to be a problem that anything was pruned out but to have someone like davy tree come out and just assess that health of that tree i think is going to give you a little bit of peace Especially of mind with on the that blue spruce nowadays right exactly all right hey good luck with that lou so let's get to some of the social media action first dollar bank instant access i have a christmas cactus that are starting to yellow on some of its leaves if i repot what kind of soil should i use mm. i just like to use standard planting mix that you get at any nursery uh you know even though it says cactus 
It's not really a cactus. I grow them as a house plant, only a little drier than most of my house plants. And uh, what do you think about the yellowing? Uh, I would, uh, if it's one they've had for a long time and it suddenly started to turn yellow, I wonder what else might be going on mm -hmm. with it because that is not a plant that normally does that. Um, so I don't, maybe someone extra in the house started watering it and then suddenly it's getting twice as much water as it used to, or do the light conditions change for that tree or, or that plant? Or, or the opposite and no one's ever watered it. Right, right. Which would also <laughs> cause those symptoms. So, I mean, I would think about that kind of stuff as well before you consider whether or not it definitely needs to be repotted. Do you have any Christmas cactus at your house? I do not. No, I don't. I have one that's starting to bloom now. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. It's awesome. Hmm. All right. A couple. President's Day cactus. Yeah. Right automotive text message. Jessica, are those recipes in your book container gardening? Yes, they are. Re they are also in container gardening complete, which is in, in my book. Um, and then you can also get them at the website savvygardening.com. And here's it's a, a recipe for potting soil. Potting soil. Six in case different you didn't recipes. Listen in the morning, you it, might be right. thinking it's a recipe for cooking or yeah. something no if you if you missed the first segment i was talking about how i do my mix my own potting soil instead of buying the bagged mixes to save money and uh, i po posted all my recipes quite in that a, article and yeah they're in the book too quite, quite a cookbook cookbook of dirt yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh so crunchy all right listen treated lumber is safe now anita wants to know from a keysport 30 seconds oh i just wrote an article about this recently with building raised beds so the current pressure treating methods are safer to use than the CCA, which was chromium, copper, arsenic, which is definitely that kind of lumber you wanted to keep out of the vegetable garden. The newer treatments are a little less toxic. However, um, I would say to try to maybe plant flowers around the outside edge just to keep it. It's better safe than sorry. Shelby Cassessi is in the newsroom. Your news two minutes away. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, now just wait a second. Now we're on the air. I'm, you did it. You opened it up. Uh, listen, I love the Rolling Stones, okay? And don't even tell everybody what you paid for this ticket to see them perform because I want people to still think it's the Stones of, you know, the misuse Stones and waiting for a friend Rolling Stones and, you know, all of that stuff. Paul McCartney. Why do you have to bring this up? This is off the air stuff. I don't care. That's what I we do. I paid thirty nine fifty for a Stones ticket in today's. That's what you climate. paid for Westview Park in. And I declared that's because nobody wants to go see the oh, Rolling Stones. Don't say that. It's, they want to see yeah, it, but, that's but why let me, every show let me sells ask you out. this: because I'm a big. Because the tickets are only thirty nine dollars. You can I'm, only get a couple <laughs> tickets for thirty nine, and it's only. If you do it at the right time, they're called lucky dip tickets, and you press a special button. So and you're a lucky dip. That's me. Guess how many times Mick has had a facelift? Be the fourth caller. No, <laughs> no. Uh, if you look at that face, I don't think that I one's love been Mick lifted. Jagger. He's in better shape than me. But McCartney's world touring too. It, just explain this to me. You're the music guy in the room. Why do they still do this, Doug? Because they love it. Okay. You tell him, Jess. You tell him why they do it. Don't why, you, why, you tell him why performers no. do he this. Get, he's a little hot under the collar about this. He's yeah, like you really defending. Good. He's really defending <laughs> the Rolling Stones. Anyway. They like the attention. Okay. They want to be up there on the stage. They like the attention from Is the Is Brad fans. on the phone? I'm not saying yeah. there's anything wrong with it. I'm no. saying that's why they keep going. Uh, you got to have a little ego to get up in front of that many people, no doubt. Let's go to Frank in Coriopolis on the Organic Gardeners. By the way, 10th caller right now wins a gift certificate to Janoski's 412 9 Two two 
1020. Hi, Frank. I brought this subject up a little while ago, but I didn't go far enough with it. I have a um, dogwood tree in my backyard. It's beautiful, and when the flowers come out, it's like a champagne color. It's really beautiful. The only thing is, with the rain we had last year, I have branches going everywhere. I mean, they're really shooting off way in one direction, a little bit less in another direction. And you mentioned something on the order of uh, when, if, if you're going to prune it um, to get an arborist. What would something like, first of all, do you, would you recommend getting an arborist to trim one single dogwood tree? And second of all, how much would something like that run? First off, they'll come and take a look at it for free. That's the nice thing. And then they'll tell you it's all dependent on, uh, it's all dependent on what kind of work they have to do, you know, how many hours it's going to take to do it. So they have to actually look at it. Every tree is going to be different. Uh, it's, I'll tell you what, it's, it's reasonable. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I've had big, giant oak trees cut down for, you know, under $1,000. Uh, pruning up a dogwood is not going to be outrageous. And, you know, we, we, I've been using the guys in Davy Tree long before they were uh, part of the show. Uh, and th they have what, what just says. They've got an uh, official ISA arborist. That's what you want. That's what you have to have an expert who's been trained at this. Uh, do you have that number for Davey? Um, I do. And it's especially important with dogwood that you have a, a good quality arborist come out because of anthracnose and other diseases that they're prone to. So Right, because it's such a beautiful tree, and yeah. I need to do something myself and then damage it. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So Davey's number, Davey Tree, is 855-982-TREE. 855-982-8733. Okay, well, I have a similar question about an azalea. Sure. Would, you, would I need an arborist for that, or can I do that on my own? I think you can do that on your own. However, um, you know, it's always best, I think. You know, it's hard to learn pruning from a book, but it's better than not going through the effort at all. So you, I would do one of two things. Either go to the library and get a book like the Pruning Answer Book, which is a great book. There's also another pruning guide that um, an author named Lee Reich, and I can't remember the exact name of his book, but he talks about um, good pruning techniques. Or there's a lot of folks now who have some pretty good YouTube videos out on pruning um, I would just make sure that it is someone either with like a cooperative extension agent showing you or um, a, a nurseryman showing you. You know, don't just watch a video from Joe Schmo. In, That's the problem you know, with the Internet. Right. Is you have to have a reliable source to right. show you what to do. So make sure it says like, you know, from the University of Vermont Cooperative Extension or from Penn State Cooperative Extension. You know, look for those channels on YouTube, and those are the ones whose videos that you should follow for pruning techniques. Okay, and what was that first pruning book you mentioned? Uh, I think it's called the Pruning Answer Book. Okay. Uh, and then Lee Reich, R-E-I-C-H, is a horticulturist, and he has a, a pruning book out as well. He has a bunch of books, but he's like a sort of backyard fruit-growing expert and uh, really knowledgeable, and he's another really good one book-wise for pruning. And the thing with Azalea, as we always talk about, is that it has its buds on there now. And so unless it has to be pruned, you want to see your flowers. Yeah. You, so you don't want to cut it too early. So wait till after it blooms mm -hmm. and then do your pruning. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you're you. welcome. All right. Great call. Thank you. Let's take care of some of this uh, social media stuff. First off, Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com from Christy. I have an idea in my yard or have an area in my yard that used to be a garden. I like to put uh, one there again. What's the best way to remove grass and weeds that grew in its place? Oh, that's I say good cover question. it. Cover it with newspaper and compost. 
I think it depends on what kind of garden you want to build, too. So, for example, if you want to do one out of raised beds, you don't have to remove that sod. You can just put the raised beds right down on top of the sod, fill them with the soil, and then if you want to do, like, bark or something in, in the pathways instead of having grass, then you can scalp that grass really short and then smother it. So put cardboard and then your bark mulch or something right down on top of that. I always I always tell people what you want, what you want is what you want, but... I had bark mulch. I had actually wood chips in, in a path in a garden, and you could never walk barefoot in that garden. It was like spongy. Yeah. It got spongy. No, yeah. the, the wood chips were too Pinchy. rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's why I always like grass in the past. But you do what you want to do. You know, yeah. if, you, if you prefer to have like a nice mulched yeah. path. but And a lot of people say you shouldn't even walk in the garden barefoot. But I, um, I you got to get those I, good. I have to walk yeah, in the garden I agree. barefoot. But if you don't want to do raised beds and you. Do not, and you can you can do it the way of smothering it, right? Like pile stuff on top. But if you want it to happen faster, because if you do the smothering, it's going to take a season or so to kill the grass and then become really good plantable soil. If you don't want to do that, when I put my garden in, I actually rented a sod uh, sod um, cutter, and so you rent the machine and it cuts the sod in these big long strips, and then you roll them up. And then haul them off. We composted I, them. I did that once. It's a lot of work. And I will never do it again. Right. So you could hire somebody <laughs> to do it if you don't have the energy to do it yourself. But it's a great, easy way to get rid of just a light layer of sod. See, I'm thinking since she already had a garden there, put seven, like we do our seven to 10 layers of newspaper, put about four or five inches of compost on there, go to town. Yeah. Congratulations to Jade Abade, winner of that gift certificate from Janoski's. Uh, more calls just moments away. If you'd like to join us, 866-391-1020. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right. Let's say hi to our buddy Brad out in Clarion, joining us now on The Organic Gardeners on KDK Radio. Hey, Brad. Brad, what's going on? Good morning, everybody. Jessica put my mind back to when I was growing up. Uh, my dad used to get the tree trimmers to dump their chips, and they're somewhere out of the way, and let it sit there for all year, and let it compost, and then he'd mix it, uh, put layers of that and layers of manure in the garden, man, did that boost the garden up? Yeah, yeah. The trick with those arborist chips is to let them rot down for a little bit first. Like a little bit? How long is a little bit? Well, it depends. Now, your dad was smart in that he did mix it with something else. He mixed it with manure because the manure introduced nitrogen. Normally, we would not tell people to put wood chips in the garden, the vegetable garden, and then till them in because as they decompose, they take a little bit of nitrogen out of the soil to decompose. Eventually it gets returned to the soil, but it temporarily takes it out of the soil. So that's why in a vegetable garden, we tell people not to till wood chips in. Uh, But your dad, by adding that manure along with those wood composted wood chips, added a little bit of nitrogen in the form of the manure, and that made up for that deficiency. But uh, in shrub beds and things like that, to use those wood chips fresh, actually, arborist wood chips as a top layer mulch is actually a good thing. I know there's been a lot of conversation about whether or not that's actually good for your plants, but on trees and shrubs, it's fine to use it on that soil surface. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. She's a grower, horticulturist, and our own garden goddess, Denise. Good morning. 
Uh, good morning. So everybody wants to know about pruning trees. So one of the things, sorghums is actually, I don't think they've had it yet, they're actually having a pruning class if somebody wants to go and learn how to do it properly. I think it's, it's on the 24th, actually, Denise. Yeah, so yeah. that'd be something good. Something else about people, you know, they want to get out there and cut, you know, I realize everybody wants to get out in the garden right now. It's just really not a good time. But take a walk around the neighborhood or look when you're driving, um, pay attention, and look at the trees that some of the uh, ones that have been pruned improperly. And you'll see these nubs on you know, a, a branch, and then you've got all these, I like to call them witch's fingers, that come sticking out. And then look at a tree that's growing naturally or it's been pruned properly, and it has that natural look about it that you know it doesn't look like somebody's been in there chewing on the ends of it you know a lot of times in the fall um the landscapers as we affectionately refer to them as uh come around and say oh well you know we'll trim your tree for you and they prune it into a lollipop shape and actually that's the worst time to actually prune a tree is in the fall and what happens is then the next year we start getting a lot of the water spouts and all of these witchy fingers mm-hmm. on these trees. So now's a really good time before the leaves come out to actually take a walk around the neighborhood and take a look at the trees and see how beautiful they are when they are grown naturally or pruned properly as opposed to you know, people who don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and it, it's, it's so important because tree pruning is really just as much art as it is science, and it's critical that if you're going to do it yourself that you get the proper training before you do it or you hire somebody. If you're not sure how to do it, hire somebody to well, do it. Well, this class at Sargos sounds awesome. Pruning demonstration February 24th, 1 p.m. You get Noah Petronic, who did the mm, uh, video yeah. with me about pruning. Uh, Adam Vole, who runs the farm, and some guy named Randy Sorgel. Oh, who could that him? be? <laughs> yeah, I think he knows his stuff. He's pruned for a I'm while. I'm pretty sure yeah. he knows his stuff, yeah. But yeah, that that would be great. That's always because they great actually thing. take you and show, like yeah, they you show you how to do it. Yeah, that's the best way to learn. I mean, I learned yeah. a lot from Noah the last time that he did the video, and I actually had somebody uh, come up to me yesterday and say that they were like so glad to see you know somebody from Sorgels show how to actually prune fruit trees the right way. It's important. It's such an important thing to do properly. And, right. and it's, it's not almost, just trees. It's, it's, it's even shrubs, the, too. The, the, you know? you're, you're right. The, you have the books. You have those uh, diagrams. But seeing somebody do it uh, mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world. And their confidence in doing it, too. And I think that's a really important thing. Watching somebody prune who is, who is experienced and confident gives you the confidence to do it because it, it, pruning can be really intimidating because you're nervous. You're like, oh my gosh, am I going to kill the plant if I take this off? What if I take too much? What if I don't take enough? Whereas when you see somebody with that experience and you see them just going in and just getting the job done and doing it efficiently and doing it with confidence, and then you realize for yourself like, okay, well, once I do this a couple times, I'm going to be confident in it too. And then it's going to be a lot easier for me moving forward. And I think that that experience really shows in somebody who's training you how to prune. You know, we talked a little bit about spring or summer flowering bulbs that are planted in the spring. Do you do caladiums or do you have too much sun for caladiums? Do you know what? I don't do caladiums. And it, <clears throat> well, I shouldn't say that. I do them in containers. I have some pots that I did a, of an incredible pink, beautiful pink 
um, caladium the other year with a Persian shield plant and a pot, and it was one of the most beautiful combinations that I've ever done. And I do a lot of caladiums because I am all shade. And the deer don't eat them, which is a bonus. Well, actually, they have (gasps) eaten them in the past. At the very end of the season, uh, they have eaten them. Wow. Uh, Got hungry deer, man. Yeah, and i got to figure out a way to do impatience again, too, so... I'm trying to find something that's uh, resistant to to the disease. Oh, the there's a um, sun sun patients is one that is the sun patients, and there's a new line that just uh, just came out. And but uh, gosh, I can't remember. It. I know, I'll get it for next week. I know week. bounce is one that mm-hmm, is that's uh, one I'm thinking. I'm thinking of. So yeah. I have to have my impatient. I mean, that's all. What else would you grow in just the deep shade that I have as an annual? Begonias, Roalia, mm. uh, fuchsias. Mm. Um, I, I, those I, Rex begonias are like my super fa- There's a lot of choices. Yeah. Impatience. Remember, the organic gardener is always aimed to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.